The love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. I'm telling you, that goes way back for me. And the words of that song have always struck me. The love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. And to think of some of those words with the ocean filled with, with ink and everyone on earth ascribed by trade and every stalk or quill, a quill, we couldn't write enough about the love of God. There's no one like him. And we're going to find that out today as I begin our second week in this series of the Psalms. And the title of my message today is A Lifetime of Protection. Do you want the protection of God? What is it about God's protection that brings you peace? Are you sure about that? What area of life do you desire His protection most? Where is it? Where does it stand with you? And do you pray for protection? See, Psalm 91 is considered a prayer of protection. So let's go right to it. These first two verses in the 91st Psalm. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So we have a lot to answer here today. And for some in a, in a, in a church crowd, those are in attendance, there, there's a lot of ways to look at things in people's lives, but I want, to, I want to get that arrow to pierce right down the middle to where the heart of God. Who, in reality, who are you going to put your trust in, your ultimate trust in? Who or what to protect you? Then you want to answer the question today, are you sure of that? Because see, in John chapter 6, there was the Son of God had many followers. And about that time when he's speaking here, many were desiring to leave him. They were no longer sure. They said, I want to give my trust somewhere else. I want to give my life to something else instead of this man, Jesus, I'm looking at now. So let's go right to that as well. John 6, 66 and 68, from this time, many of his disciples, the followers, Christ followers, turned back and no longer followed him. You don't want to leave too, do you? He asked that question of the 12 disciples. Simon Peter answered him and said what? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Simon Peter boldly said there's no other option. So what I want to tell you today, what I'm here to tell you today in Psalm 91, there is no other option for the believer than putting their trust, complete trust, loyalty and love, but other than the shelter of the Most High God. You may be tempted. You may you have a better plan. But in the end, there's no other place to go. No other option. Who offers? Who else offers protection, hope, eternal life than our most high God? Who does that? There is no one like him. An incomparable God. No one. No one like him. You're in the 70s and 80s. Total sports enthusiast. I was listening to old NFL 
I shouldn't have called him old, shouldn't I? I was listening to an NFL football coach, and he had them southern quips and sayings. And here he was talking about this very, very prolific running back who wound his way up in the NFL Hall of Fame. And he says, I don't know if he's in a class by himself, but I know, sure know that it doesn't take long to take role. But see, the thing is, Jesus, our most high God, is in a class by himself. There is no one like him. He's supernal. He's sovereign, creator of the universe, all powerful, offers hope where we think there is no hope. He offers grace, purpose, and we're short on words to describe him. Short on words. So here, I want to see if you're sure today. You have to ask yourself this today. Our most higher God, ask yourself, is he my refuge? Is he my shelter from all harm? Is where always there is, peace dominates your life. Does it? Is he your fortress? Your life is not susceptible to outside influence or some of the influence or some of them things the world wants to put on you and the anxiety that it causes that. But you're sure you have your total confidence in the most high God that the believers claim. Do you claim him as your God, your personal God, creator, savior and king? You'll have to answer these and I hope you answer them today. And then last is it in Him who you trust? Are you all in? Every aspect of your life points to your trust in the Most High God. How'd you do? You want to do well, I'm sure. We want the complete protection of the Most High God. But what kind of protection do we want and from what? See, the deadliest forces in the world, the things that fear us sometimes the most, you've been noticing the news these last several months about hurricanes, winds, storms, rain, floods, and all those things. That's not the deadliest. We've talked about, you can talk about the gruesome king of the jungle, the beast of the jungle. That's not the most deadly. And I'm sure you now know what is. It's us. It's the human. Humans were created, created for life, yet we often plot evil. We're created for life, made in the image of God, but yet we often plot evil. The world, what does the world do? Advances scientifically, intellectually, socially, materially, technologically, but it doesn't keep up with the massive force of sin in our heart. It just doesn't. In the world, doesn't tell us that if we do certain things, we ascribe to certain things, that our world would be a better place. And that's true in some sense. But to be protected, it has to be a change of the heart. And you know what I'm also telling you right now? You might not notice, but what also I'm telling you, as life progresses, it could be worse. It could have been worse now. Think about it. Without the power of the cross, 
and the new heart that resides in every believer, it could have been demonstrably worse. What would have slowed the human condition down to eat each other alive? What would have done it? And so you say, well, Arthur, where do you get that from? Well, we get it from the Scripture about the condition of man. And let's go to that. Let's go to that. Now remember, a couple of weeks ago we said we're going to have to agree with God and we're going to have to agree with Him here too, okay? As is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. It could be worse without the power of God. But God has always had a plan since the beginning. God didn't fret or say, what am I going to do now that sin is coming to the world? He's always been there to protect us. He is good for His promise. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a few things today about how He protects us now for a lifetime of protection and how He protects us eternally. Are you ready for it? See, what He does, what God has done throughout this time with mankind being on a bent for Himself, where it says no one does good, not even one, He restrains evil is what he has done. It could be worse. So there's four areas, briefly I'm going to give you, of how he's restrained evil over time, and your role in that. This protection that God has given us, with some of us not even noticing. First one, it's the conscience, knowing right from wrong. When Adam and Eve sinned, in Genesis 3.22, it says they now know, they're like us, they now know the difference between good and evil. God has put that on us. And in Romans 2.15, every human being has the law of God written on their heart. Without that, it could be worse. But God has strained, restrained evil. And His provision of the conscience mitigates that's evil that's within every human heart. What's the second one? Let me go back. I've hit that. Second one is the family. The family. The family, as you know, is the building block of civilization. And this is by God's plan. God established the family in a loving, truthful, exemplary place that restrains evil, the role of the family. Think there, the animal, born, sometimes days, weeks, or months, they're moved out. They move on. For a child, it's nine months to 12 months before they even walk. And most, most, I say most, at 18 is when they leave home. Most. It takes a lot of nurturing, instructing, leading, coaching, 
modeling in the home for humanity to deal with that inward heart. God also says he hates divorce, but he doesn't just hate divorce because he wants us to have happy, lovely marriages. See, the marriage and the family unit is the best for human flourishing, the very best. So parents, your role is a divine role for restraining evil. It's a divine role by God to make them good citizens, see the best in others, enjoy God's creation, and be thankful to Him for it. That's your role as a parent. And that's God's plan. Grandparents. Whew. I know grandparents, you like the cute side of grandparenting, don't you? Oh, yeah, you do. The pictures, the games, the parties, the jump in my laps. We, we've got all got that. But your role is the identical grandparent. To lead those grandchildren to see God is the one you put your trust in. To lead those grandchildren to say there's no one like him. To lead those grandchildren to know that that's who protects them now and eternally. Good citizens. Benefit others. Enjoy God's creation. And be thankful to Him for it. Thankful to the Most High God. What's our third one? Civil authority. This could be up a lot in this room if we've stood out what we all think about civil authority. Primary duty is the moral well-being of the citizens. Rewarding good. Dis restraining and disciplining evil. We know that from Romans 13.1, don't we, church? Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Yet, in that establishment, through one man, Adam, Sin came into the world. Everything was tainted. So yes, in our politics, there's tainted human beings involved. Yes, in our law enforcement's minor, as it, it, it's minor, but there's tainted people in those positions. Military, human beings, flawed, tainted, broken. But yet God said, no matter what, it's our role to submit. Because that's what he put in place to restrain evil. That's what he put in place. And then lastly, the final role is the church. The real cure, and you know this, the real cure for problems in the world is a changed heart. Hearts changed come from the gospel which is the mission of the church. Heart change comes from the gospel, which is the mission of the church. And I'm going to challenge you here, church. Can I challenge you for a second? Or do you want some grandparent pictures? What do you want? <laughs> I'm with you now. But look here. As a church, we can no longer continue to dwell on asking what is wrong with the world. We know that. We need to spend every ounce of our energy 
invested in winning the world for Christ. Changing those hearts. Restraining evil. We can't talk about evil without putting our very best ourselves and restraining it through changing hearts. We can't leave it up to someone else or a church committee. It's on us as individuals. It is. For your prayer protection this week, here's what I offer. You pray to God, ask Him to give you a heart for those who are unbelievers that are not like you. You ask Him to give you a creative mind that can do missions on your own or through the church to win the loss for people and change hearts in your community and around the world. Giving you the strength, giving you the resources. Everybody here that calls himself a believer serves the Most High God. There's no one like Him. There's no one like Him to benefit you, give you the resources, the time, the energy, and love for the world and the unbeliever. And He calls us to it. And that's a major, major form of protection and restraining evil. You do your part. The Most High God will do His part. Now, in most all my messages, over time, it always gets down to this for me. It just seems like it does. I can't get away from it. It might be because of the Holy Spirit, because that's what I'm getting ready to talk to you about, is the Holy Spirit. Because we're going to need help in all those areas. We know we run out of gas. We know sometimes we come up empty. We know sometimes we don't, we're not the person on Monday we thought we were going to be on Sunday. We know that. So we're going to need our help. And this, outside of those four areas of the conscience, the family, civil authority, and the church, this is the other person that's going to provide the protection you need. Are you with me? So who is this, this Holy Spirit? Let me, let me just tell you how important he is too, because the Holy Spirit often gets second billing over Often gets second billing. But Holy Spirit is nothing to daughter with and think is second to anything. Jesus was with, with his disciples during the Passover season. And at that last supper, he began to tell them that he was leaving. That he had to go. Here's what it says in John 16, 7. But very truly, I tell you, this is him speaking to the disciples. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I mean, the disciples there, they were already feeling the pinch, weren't they? They knew it was coming. At least they knew what told. They hadn't fully got it. But from what Jesus was telling them, they saw the hatred of their Jewish brethren. They sensed everything coalescing and coming down to this tete-a-tete. And now... He's telling us he's leaving us. We've waited for the Messiah all our life. And we think we're almost there to believe it's him. And he says, it's better that. I... You kidding me? But Jesus says, it's better that I go. So that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. 
Let me give you some names of that Holy Spirit so you'll see how they're the protector and can drive you. Are you ready for those? Advocate. He'll go before you to God the Father Himself. He's a comforter. In the days that you feel unprotected, your flanks are open. He'll protect you. He's the counselor. He'll bring wisdom to you. When you see things crashing in, why? When you ask those questions, He'll come to you. He'll be your helper. And you find all these words for the Holy Spirit right in different translations of the New Testament Scripture. These aren't words I made up. You don't want words I made up. Come on. No, you don't. And then a friend. A friend. And speaking of a Holy, Holy Spirit in my life, can I, I'm going to just share, a, just a, it's a little personal, but allow me to do it. Do I got to go ahead? You cut me off now. All right. My, my wife is com- complimentary of her husband. She just is. And you know I like that, right? You know I too. And she's often complimentary. Now, we're just the two of us, and so, you know, there's the evenings where you can really just enjoy catch out a good dessert and a good conversation, right? So one evening in the compliments, this might have been 10, 15 years ago, I looked at her and I said, you don't know the real me. Ooh. I could tell her that because I know she trusted me. But yet at the same time, I had to tell her, I said, Linda, I know who I am without the Holy Spirit and a new heart. And I and I know who I am with him and without a new heart. This isn't the real me, the real me you wouldn't like. But with the power of the Holy Spirit to every one of you in here, you're a changed person. You're something anybody that people can be proud of. You're something that God wants to protect, wants to lift up, wants to use. I, sitting on a couch with my wife, understood my shortcomings before her. But yet said with the power of the Holy Spirit, I can be seen as somebody that could be loved and liked and be a friend of and dealt with and live with. But without it, I couldn't. But see, that's where we all live. That's why Jesus said it's so important that the Holy Spirit come to you in each and every human heart to make that change, that appropriate change that we all need to move on, to be protective and be open to the truth, open to the Word, open to the counsel of the Holy Spirit, open to the Word of those that leadership in a church. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said it was for our good that He come. Third person, the triune God. Always been and always will be. So let's see how these last verses depict the Holy Spirit and his role in protection and a lifetime of protection. Because he loves me, says the Lord. Now I want to go here in this psalm here. Because he loves me, he's talking about you. Those that they declare that they love God Almighty, protection is yours. You're going to have to get that straight this afternoon. Do
powerful mind and strength. He said, if you, because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show my salvation. Because you love him, he will rescue you. He will protect you. You will call on him and God will answer you and be with you in trouble. He'll deliver you and honor you. With long life, protective life, he'll give you and show you his salvation. So now we got to answer again, what is this role of the advocate, counselor, comfort, helper, friend? What is their role on salvation? Because God, we've already spoken about how God restrains evil, the, what best we can do in a, in a tainted, sinful world that's, that mostly operates by greed and pride. We're fair in saying that? And then we have to also address to be a fair that there's greed and pride that lurks, hides, and shelters in each one of us. Am I fair in saying that? Here's what the Holy Spirit does with us regarding the salvation. First of all, he convicts us. Do you remember the day that the Holy Spirit called out your name and convict you that you needed Christ for salvation or that, and that you were lost and hopeless without him? Do you all remember that? He's the author of Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed. He's the author of Scripture that presents the gospel, the love of God through the power of the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. And the life of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, He secures our salvation. No one can snatch those saved out of their Father's hand. Our salvation is in Christ alone, by the Spirit alone. The Spirit has a major role. But here's two verses I'm going to give you as we move out. Two verses. Holy Spirit role delivering us into salvation. Protection in this early life. God's restrained evil. Now the greatest protection ever. Protecting us from the wrath of God in any condemnation that can come to us. How would you like to be in that line that says, I'm, God has got me, the most high God whom I love. It restrains evil, looks out for me, protects me, sends the advocate, counselor, and comforter for me. And now he puts the gospel into me and I respond to it. And now I'm protected from all condemnation or judgment or wrath to come. Who wants to be in that line? Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do I need to read that again? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Whew. 
Then I'm going to give you a brief summary right here, what we talked about here in Titus. I'm going to give you a brief summary. At one time, before he called out our name, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, when that appeared, our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and what? Renewal by who? The Holy Spirit. The Most High God, no one like Him, Incomparable God. Not enough words in the universe to describe Him. Saw fit to restrain evil from humankind so that He could get His God, there be room to get His glory here on earth. Then He says, I'm going to send a Savior to the world to protect you from any wrath or condemnation through the Son of God on the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit convicting, securing, and bringing the gospel to us. You know, we have a special day here today. We've, we've, I've heard it two or three times. Think about this. Memorial Day weekend. We celebrate and honor those who gave their life in civil authority, restraining evil around the world. That's what we celebrate this weekend. Civil authority through the military, restraining evil around the world for our protection, for our good, so God can get His glory now. But He's going to get His real glory we celebrate the power of the cross, the Son of the Most High God, who protects us from His wrath to come and judgment for those who don't believe. And I say that with all love for those that don't believe because the Bible tells us all, all of us were once there. And now, God calls us, I'll protect you, I'll save you, I'll bring life to your family. Now what I need from you is to have a heart for those that don't believe. Let's not rail against it, but let love against it. Bringing people to Christ. It can be a good Sunday in your home today. You choose one more time in front of God Almighty in your quiet time and say, Lord, there's no one like you. I want to trust you now more than ever before. And the psalm that never think you were there, but maybe you're saying now, I don't know if I'm there. This is the day that you can do that. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you decide that I'm going to trust God of Scripture, the Most High God, more than anything I trust. Put all in trust with Him. He's my refuge, my shelter. It's in Him who I trust. Savior, Creator, and King. Church, do you trust the Most High God? Can He trust you? He looks forward to doing that. And I pray today that nothing is the same for you after today because you're going to look to the whole God, God, whole, how, Most High God with all your power, strength, and heartfelt for what He's done for us, humanity. 
a life of protection both now and eternally. I'm going to ask the prayer team if you begin to come up. And then I'm going to close this out in prayer. Then I'm going to ask all of you to stand with me as we close. Thanking God for what He's done for us. Understanding that God, this is the God that we worship is the one that can save us. The one that can redeem us. The one that can give us new life. The one that protects us. The one surrounds us with His love and grace. The one that offers mercy. The one that is strong. The one that is able. The one that is omnipotent in power. All of you, pray with me now. Father God, for all we have in Christ Jesus, the one that offered himself up so that we might live, we give you thanks. And on this weekend, we also pray for the men and women and the families of those that were with those men and women who gave their lives. We pray for those families and all those serving now for what they're doing for restraining the evil in the world as part of your plan. But Father, we thank you most for that, that cross that gives us protection from sin, shame, guilt, judgment, and condemnation. May this church blossom and flourish because of what you're doing in it. May we love one another deeply, but we, may we trust you more, giving our lives fully to thee. And I pray this in the name of the Most High God. Amen. Hallelujah. Great Sunday to you.